Good afternoon. My name is Stephen Capaldo from Capaldo with Love or Wheelbarrow Man. And uh, I'm going to do a message today and probably my only one this week and, uh, you know, until next week. Uh, and what I'm going to discuss today is um, U.S. Christianity and the gospel. And uh, I imagine by the end of what I'm going to say, probably everyone will have left, but, uh, but that's okay. I, I don't really care. I think that there's certain things that now are in my mind and soul and on my heart, and so I'm going to say them, and, you know, people are free to draw their own conclusions, and if they don't like what they're going to hear, then they don't like what they're going to hear. You know, it's not, I, I love you anyway, and uh, you should be loving me, believe it or not, as much of a wretch as I am. And uh, I, I think that if we're truly trying to live in the gospel of the kingdom of God and we're trying to be in Christ and operate by the teachings of Jesus, not his real name, something like Yeshua is his real name, then there are many aspects of U.S. Christian history that should give us extreme pause. Um, and the issue, uh, you know, I'm going to deal with this, get this, you know, get this out of the way before I go on to what I really want to say. But as far as the, the, the election goes, um, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't care who you vote for. Uh, I really do care about how you treat someone who voted differently from you. I really do care about that. And someone said that this morning and I thought that, man, that's an excellent sentiment. That's an excellent quote. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to quote that person. And I even heard it from someone on, on local media, which really shocked me. But uh, you know, but uh, but the, but that that was good. You know, she said it, and, and I, I think it's absolutely true. Uh, vote for who you want to vote for, uh, but respect the right of someone who maybe voted differently from you. So, what's going on? I mean, there's a lot more going on than whether you vote for Trump or Biden or someone else or don't vote and, you know, voting down ballot. Okay. Maybe people think that you should emphasize voting down ballot, you know, in the other races, because there maybe you'll have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot more opportunity to have access and have an influence at the lower levels of government. I don't know. I don't know if they're much less corrupt than the higher levels, but anyway, different people have different assessments of that and you're entitled to your assessment. Um, now, I'll just talk a little bit about each uh, about each candidate. Uh, Trump basically he's got the sort of the three strikes going for him: rich white guy. So when you're a rich white guy, uh, you know it's it's an uphill struggle sometimes. And 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 then because he is a rich white guy, uh, those are some of the things that often annoy people about U.S culture, U.S. values, U.S. philosophy. And then from there, fairly or unfairly, he's painted as a symbol of these other things, you know, the, the, the mega bankers, big corporate capitalism, big tech, big pharma, you know, the phony Federal Reserve with the fiat currency, and then the fraudulent income tax that people have been paying for over 100 years and other taxes uh, to keep afloat this phony Federal Reserve. So he's kind of tired with that brush because he is from the background that he's from. Um, and, you know, these, these taxes are propping up something that is corrupt and full of criminals and pedophiles, and we all know that, and that's all going to come out. Um, and so he's a, he's a lightning rod for those things. He's a lightning rod for some of the uh, less respectable elements of 
Christianity, you know, a lot of the mega churches and, you know, fake Zionist Christian churches. I and mean, really, Zionism is, is a distraction. We're to love Jewish people, we're to love all people. And uh, this is Zionism over physical Israel. Uh, I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but that's, you know, Israel is really the, the, the body of Christ, the body of the family of God, the body of the children of God. That's, that's what Israel really is. So this other stuff is a distraction. So anyway, whether or not he represents these things, these things should be rejected. This, this you know, big tech, a big pharma, the big, big corporate capitalism and what it's doing to people. And I'm not, I don't have a quarrel with this small, you know, family businesses and that type of thing. But, uh, but, but those are being ruined by what's going on now. I don't know. Maybe uh, Trump could help restore some of uh, some of the the so-called traditional U.S. values, which the country has not really lived by in its history. Not, not done a very good job in living by. Uh, maybe he could. I don't know. Uh, so I don't know if you vote for Trump. I don't know what you get. But uh, uh, the thing to factor into it is Trump and Biden. And one thing is, if you believe in God, does God have anything? to say in this situation? Is God somehow figuring in this situation? I think you should think about that very carefully. Uh, so you have the incumbent. One thing I do know very clearly, and they're very honest about it, if you vote, to, you know, Biden is just a transitional figure and he's a figurehead. So uh, the people behind him, what they're in favor of is, in, and, and I want to be careful about the labels I put on things, but I think things like globalism and international socialism, I think that's pretty much where you're headed with with that uh, you know with uh, the, the current democratic party that's pretty much what where you're headed and i think by, by and large if you if you know how to read the signs and read with read the information I, I think they're pretty honest about it uh biden is just he's just like the flag on the boat right you know or the ship you know he's just kind of the figurehead and he's not going to be around that that much longer and uh but I think uh, uh, voting for that ideology is that you're, you get, you're going to get a country that's going to be run, uh, uh, kind of run like the United Nations, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to kind of, it will be kind of run that way, you know, is that, uh, which the, the culture is very kind of autocratic, authoritarian, uh, controlling, um, and not even that well managed. You know, sometimes if someone could at least be a good, you know, good at managing something, at least you, you might put up with the, the, the lack of uh, the lack of freedom. But this kind of model of globalism and international socialism, not the local socialism, community garden and helping people at the local level, that vision of socialism, that's a different vision. But uh, this other, you know, globalism, socialism model, you know, this, this is what you get. That's the choice. With Trump, I, I don't know. Trump, can, can he do, can he restore or recreate, you know, what has been lost in, in American history and, and especially uh, in U.S. Christianity, which really has, has done some things that do not, do, do not distinguish it. Um, I don't know. All I can say is, consider where God fits into this vote as the spirit leads you or don't vote you know I it's uh, but but that that quote that I said before from uh, the, the local media person I, I think that's very important as far as I'm concerned it, it matters much less who you vote for and much more how you treat the person who voted differently from you and from what I've seen uh, when you say you voted for one or the other you get a lot of hatred from the other side 
know, that's, that's what just what I've observed locally. Um, and I think that that's, uh, people should really stop and think about that. And especially if you call yourself a Christian, I mean, be the church, be the church, love and respect other people. Be ecclesia if you consider yourself a Christian. And if you don't, still love and respect, you know, whatever. You can still love and respect, right? Uh, but one thing you should do, especially if you call yourself a Christian, is you should compare U.S. Christianity to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And, I, you know, I have, I have a few uh, suggestions or lines of inquiry or, you know, things that things to consider which, you know, go beyond the election. The election and these two guys, you know, there's... Just consider the issues and policies when you vote. Be led by the Spirit as much as you can, and it's it's about issues and policies. All of this tabloid stuff that comes out about both of them. You know, somebody writes a book, you know, it's not a charitable endeavor. Somebody writes a book about someone, they get paid for that. You know, I, I sometimes get this this idea that when somebody writes a, a bad book about someone, that like, it's oh, it's a public service. You know, you're helping humanity by destroying someone's character. Well, Actually, they do get paid for that. I think you should look into that a little bit. So what about U.S. Christianity and the gospel? You know, why, why do we worship U.S. Christianity when it started with a lot of land theft from people, and it started with slavery, and after slavery it went on to things like sharecropping and convict leasing, and then all kind of wars, wars of national conquests of exploitation, colonialism, and not to mention the failed missionary work, which hasn't done that well. I mean, if you want to look at the Christian missionary work, it, by and large, it has been a little bit successful, but not greatly successful. And yet, you know, we, we make this big thing about being a Christian, but Christians have supported all of this stuff. Christians have supported some of the worst aspects of U.S. history. Um, and I think that that's why people are, you know, they've, they've noticed during this so-called pandemic that, you know, that the church is still, you know, people can still be the church, but they don't have to go to a church building. The churches are there and haven't had people in them or have not had many people in them. And somehow life goes on and you can still have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you can, you know, you can be in Christ and follow the teachings of Jesus and you don't have to be in a building. And people are starting to realize that more and more. And the more you look into the history of U.S. Christianity and the U.S. in general, there are a lot of things that discredit U.S. Christianity, right? And one thing that U.S. Christianity does is, what, what, why does U.S. Christianity teach a sinner's prayer gospel based on human depravity? I mean, where, where, the way I see it right now, this is a false teaching, to teach a sinner's prayer gospel based on human depravity. If you read Genesis, the Creator blessed His creation— he created something, and then what did he say? Did he say, this is bad, this sucks? Did he say that? No, he said, it is good. He created something and said, it is good. He created man and woman and said, I bless them, right? God created us in his image. He did not create us for human depravity or inhuman depravity. He loves us, and he considers us good, in a sense, in his image, what he does hate is when we reject his love. That is the one thing that God does hate, when we reject his love. And he's offered it. He's even offered up his son to show his love. And when we reject it, then he doesn't like that, of course. That's the thing which we should repent of. It's not human depravity. It's that we repent that we've rejected the love of God in Christ, right? 
we should be seeking the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ, the saving power of God. So you've got, you've got Jesus of Nazareth, the human manifestation, who showed us the cross. He picked up the cross. He went to the cross. And then you've got the deeper meaning of Jesus Christ, which is the saving power of God within, the kingdom within. That's what Jesus taught before he even went to the cross, right? Is seek ye first the kingdom within, right? So Jesus Christ is manifest as Jesus of Nazareth, who picked up the cross in his life and then went to the cross as a sacrificial love gift to us, and not because we need to say a sinner's prayer and declare ourselves part of some kind of human depravity. And, uh, you know, uh, this other thing about U.S. Christianity is the relationship with physical Israel. We're to love the Jewish people as we love all others. And we're not to love one group at the expense of others. And I think people need to think about that very carefully. We're not to love other people at the one, one group at the expense of others. And we're to love the Jewish people as we love all other people. U.S. Christianity, it seems to me, after a lot of observation and thought and prayer and study and all the rest of it, U.S. Christianity seems to love physical Israel more than other countries. In many cases, I get the impression that a lot of U.S. Christians love, love physical Israel more than they love their own country. You know, all countries matter, right? See what I did there? All countries matter. Right? True Israel is the family of God in Christ, Jewish and Gentile. And from there, why is U.S. Christianity so Islamophobic? Muslims, you know, they, they have their own view of God, maybe, and maybe it's different from the way you view God, and okay, that's, but they're, you know, that's their business, right? And they're, they're, not, they're not a bunch of terrorists. The ones who are Islamic, so-called Islamic jihadists or Islamic terrorists, if you study it, really, their relationship to the CIA, I think you'd be fascinated to see who these, most of these people are, the so-called terrorists, which is a, a, an operation to discredit a group of people. Most Muslims are just people that want the same things that other people want. And, you know, maybe they worship God differently from you. Okay, so is it a reason to hate them? Be the church. If you call yourself a Christian, be the church. Right? And I don't like organized religion, but we're to love Jews and Muslims and Christians and Hindus and Buddhists and Jainists and Confucianists and every all of them. We're to love them. We're to love and respect them. And okay, so we worship differently. You know, we believe what we believe. If we call ourselves Christians, we believe what we believe. Other people, maybe they view God differently. They believe in God, but have a different interpretation of God. But it doesn't change the fact that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I don't see a lot of that with this wave of Islamophobia. And the other, the other big phobia is the, the homophobia. And I think people should read uh, what Jesus himself said about, uh, and I kind of think this is a funny word, uh, kind of a strange word, but eunuchs. He, he spoke about eunuchs. This is him. This is the red letter in Matthew nineteen twelve. And basically, is he saying there that everybody is created with the same identity or the same orientation or the same preferences? What is he saying there? I think you should read that. And he's saying different things about these so-called eunuchs, who are the people who do not procreate, right? What is he saying about them? And what is he saying about how tolerant we should be and how we should love our neighbor as ourselves? And I think, you know, for all of the Christian haters, okay, so you're going to stop listening now, and that's fine. That, that, that's fine. You can do that. But it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact of what Scripture says, right? 
And uh, I, I think I think U.S. Uh, Christianity needs to get a grip and you know take a deep breath and figure out what the true gospel is and and how U.S. Christianity has has not really lived in that true gospel. Another thing is men and women, patriarchy, matriarchy, and I, I think we kind of we're kind of making a mistake both ways. You know, we've had for hundreds of years, and not just in the U.S. for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, we've had patriarchy, where you know man tries to exploit woman, man tries to dominate over woman. The last I don't know forty, fifty years, we've had the opposite, matriarchy. We want matriarchy, and well, really neither way is very good. What we need is humanarchy. Did God give you a calling as a man or a woman? Live in that calling. That's that's what you do. That's we need humanarchy. We don't need patriarchy. We don't need matriarchy. We need we need to to just to reflect God's love. Live in the kingdom and live in your calling, which comes to you from God. And the other thing is that you know U.S. Christians they 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 have a rabid view about abortion. I don't personally. I don't like abortion. Uh, I would prefer adoption. If someone wants to get an abortion, I'm going to say, well, what's wrong with carrying the baby to term and then putting the baby up for adoption? But scripturally, if you really study it, uh, you know, there's this verse from Jeremiah that we're always quoting, and I'm, I'm not sure we, got it, we have it right what it really means. Life begins at breath, which only happens when you leave the womb. Life begins at breath, according to scripture. It doesn't, it's the I knew you in the womb. It's more... That's more God's omniscience and foreknowledge more than it's telling you about don't don't get an abortion. And I would prefer that people not get abortions. I would prefer that if they cannot keep the baby, that that they would put the baby up for adoption. But a fertilized egg is not the same as a baby, and life really does begin at breath if you study that, right? Um, but really, the main principle is that the woman should be free of masculine manipulation, which means part of that is that the woman, even in making mistakes, if it's a mistake, the woman should be free to regulate her own body. As scripture talks very little about abortion, there's kind of a story or a scenario in Numbers 5 that you might want to read that uh, it suggests to me uh, a context for permissible abortion, where abortion might be permitted, but it mostly has to do with when the husband is suspicious of who the wife has been hanging out with. That's mostly the context of that. But that's, it seems to be telling a story of, you know, in some cases abortion would be, would be permitted. Um, now, on the other hand, I see some things um, that they don't, they don't give me a lot of comfort either. Um, if a husband loves his wife and just wants her to be safe, that shouldn't be something that we scoff at. That should be something that we honor. That should be something that we love. That should be something we respect. And if we run into a woman who's willing and able to be a homekeeper, that woman should be respected for her devotion to her calling. And I hear a lot of hatred, not so much from Christians, but it could be some sometimes from Christians. It could be from people... Uh, in general, mocking women who want to be homekeepers. Well, if if that's truly your calling, nowadays the economy is so screwed up that usually the man and the woman both have to work, or the two, you know, the two people both have to work. But uh, if a woman believes that she's a homekeeper, she should not be mocked for that. A husband who loves his wife and wants to her to be safe and feel feel safe and feel protected, that should not be mocked. That should not be scoffed at. Um. Eventually, um, you know, we're going to have a new millennium, 
and beyond. And we're going to have a time of greater truth and greater awareness. And, um, you know, we won't have all these things that divide us now. We have, uh, you know, I think right now where eventually there will be no more borders is the way that I see the, de the development of the plan when we get into the millennium and, be and beyond. There, there won't be, there won't, you won't need borders anymore. You won't need police anymore. Uh, you won't have a polluted environment. You won't have artificial nations racial discrimination, white supremacy, or any other form of supremacy. Um, you won't have all these debates about monuments and flags and, you know, this and that. I mean, why, why would you, why would you, if, if you have a symbol of something that you know offends other people, why would you display it? On the other hand, if some monument has been paid for by public money, you don't have the right to destroy it. I mean, these things go go both ways. You know, we, we should be sensitive to what offends people, but we should also be respectful of things that the public has paid for. You know, if the public has paid for, uh, you know, an indigenous statue, then you don't wreck it. If the public has paid for a statue of Christopher Columbus, you don't wreck it. You know, you show respect, right? And uh, eventually these things will be gone. In the meantime, we have to love and respect others with all of our God-given heart and soul and mind and strength. And what does scripture promise us about health and healing? Well, the scripture promises us good health and good healing and no more wars and infinite possibilities to reflect the Almighty's love for us. And there would be plenty of money that available if we didn't have war, if we got back the tax money that we've been defrauded of for over a century, and there'd be plenty of money for health care, whatever you know was reasonable health care for you. There'd be plenty of money for uh, oppressed minorities. People are always talking about reparations, you know, and you know when you have a $23 trillion debt, you know, it's difficult to have a, a discussion about the reparations. But at the same time, if we got back even a fraction of the money that has been stolen from us in taxes and, and in other ways, then there would be money to give people a hand. You know, the people that have, that have been oppressed, uh, we could give them a hand. And they could be healthy. You know, they would be able to afford the health care that they need. And there would be peace, no more wars. You know, you wouldn't have one country in particular going around the world trying to beat up on everybody. And endless, endlessly, wars that just don't end. So anyway, these are some of the things that I have to get off my chest as we go into this, uh, you know, the final stage of the uh, the election campaign. And um, I think U.S. Christianity has a lot to answer for. I think that um, the two candidates or other candidates, you just have to, it's between you and God or you and whatever, whatever you, you and you, you know, whatever you believe. I mean, I, I think you should uh, really look at issues and you should look at policies and you should forget all this tabloid stuff that exists on both sides. Just forget about it and just vote if you want to vote. And if you want to vote, vote for whom you want to vote. And really, that's all, uh, that's all I have to say today. And I wish you well, and uh, I love you. And, uh, you know, some of the things that I said maybe were not uh, things that you wanted to hear, but, you know, maybe sometimes we need to hear certain things. So thank you for listening, if you've managed to make it to the end, and uh, bye for now.
Where's my batteries? <laughs> my batteries. 